Asanya is on Twitter at Asanya underscore. So we do resume now with regular programming. And because it is a Thursday, we bring you Nola Knows with Wendy Nola. Wendy, I've missed you so much. Oh, I was about to say the same thing, Aza. Welcome back. Well, welcome <laughs> back to, to this segment with me. Yes. Yeah, I've missed you. Yeah, so I've been missing the conversations due to other commitments. You know, we have to... Ah, no, all about that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I'm so glad to be back because we learn so, so much. And today's session, in fact... Um, has to do with two wins that you've managed to secure for our listeners. Yeah. We know that people turn to us, our listeners turn to us because they need help in one area or another. In a 702, we've always prided ourselves on assisting as far as we can, wherever we can, making that call or bringing about some kind of intervention. So I'm really glad that today is one of those days. One of those days, yes, and I must say, the, the problem is I can't get to all of them, but, you know, the starfish back into the ocean story, we do as much as possible. So, yes, t- two wins this week and two important issues for all of us to, yeah. to learn from. So, yeah, it's always a wonderful feeling to be able to make the call or send that email to tell somebody that um, you've managed to convince a company to refund them after they've been <laughs> trying to get this to happen for months, sometimes years. Um, so, the... F- the first is a case that involves what the banks called set-off. Um, last month, Pascal Marque of Bronkelspreit, he, he runs a small engineering business. He tried to call into the show to share his story, but he couldn't get through. And then he found my email address and sent me this. He said, I have two accounts with FNB, personal and investment account. On New Year's Eve 2018, he got a message. I'll read from his I, I got a message on my phone. Um, that the bank withdrew 51,000 rand on my investment account. And since then, I've been calling and going in, in and out of the bank. No money has been paid back. What I get is I had a credit card in, 20, in 1999 and 2010, which was not paid. And then the bank took all the money uh, to pay it. That was on New Year's Eve. And I never received a call or any statements. Nothing. Please help. Mm. And he did say to me when I when I... Um, got back to him that the original outstanding debt was nowhere near that um, sure. 51,000 so the interest involved. Yeah, yeah on so New Year's a, Eve number on one. New Year's Eve, exactly. Can you imagine? What a big amount, my goodness. New Year's Eve. Maybe they think you're not going to see the SMS. Yes, I don't know, and the thing is we are in, we're in September and he's been on this issue trying to get his money back all these months. Exactly. Had he, well, he, he, I think he gave up uh, um, t- at some point, but then he heard us talking about such issues and, and it sort Great. of fired him up again and he, he made contact. So what happened to Pascal is called set off. It's a banking industry euphemism for money grabbing. Oof. So it's when you have two accounts, um, you owe on your credit, typically you owe on your credit card and you get a, a um, some, they've been trying to get it back from you and they've, it's been dormant for a while perhaps and then suddenly you have money in your current account and they literally help themselves with no warning hmm. and take that money in to settle the debt. Mm-hmm. It has been controversial for a very long time but at the end of June it actually became unlawful um, thanks to a Joburg High Court decision. Right. Um, of course... Um, Pascal's money grab predated that high court ruling by about six months. But I realized when he told me how old the debt was that it's actually prescribed. So ah. briefly, in the last three years, if you haven't, if you have a debt and you haven't made a payment towards it, you haven't acknowledged it in any way by making a promise to 
you know, you get the call from the debt collector mm-hmm. and you say, okay, I will pay. They take that as acknowledgement. Uh, or if you've been summoned in respect of it or, or had a judgment. If any of, none of those things have happened in mm-hmm. three years, then the debt is prescribed and you're not legally obliged to pay it anymore. So, right. so, um, Pascal wasn't given the opportunity to say, I'm not paying that debt. It's prescribed. They just came and took the money without warning and then refused to give it back. So I pointed that out to email to, in an email to FNB. Yes. And I got a, a short, sweet response. Subsequent to our internal investigation, we have made a decision to refund the customer. That was FNB's credit card CEO, Silias Creel. He said we will be making contact with the customer to apologize for the delay in resolving the matter. Hmm. Quite right. Um, and a few days later, I got an email from Pascal saying it is so much joy that I say thank you, as promised the bank <laughs> called me yesterday, to say sorry for taking the money out of your yes. account, Mr. Marker. We will refund it tomorrow. And he said, sure enough, late at night, I got an SMS telling me my money, my money was back in the investment account. How many of us mm-hmm. um, have had this happen to us mm-hmm. and the bank got away with it, which is, of course, a very good question. Absolutely. So uh, uh, let's just look at this uh, at uh, money grabs. Uh, maybe our listeners yes. know them as set-offs. And, of course, you're welcome to give us a call if you have a story to uh, relate because the laws have changed. We have a question as well about this change in the law after that Joburg High Court uh, uh, ruling in June. Right. So let's understand this. Can, um, why do they do it? So it's because there's a debt that's owed to the bank. Yes. It's when you've got two accounts with a one, with a one bank. So they're able to rob Peter to pay Paul, essentially. Mm-hmm. So in this themselves. case, study themselves. So, so this was an investment account, a money market account. Um, and, um, there was money owing on there. And so they, Took, they saw money coming into his um, current account and they thought, right, we'll just whip that out on New Year's Eve yeah. um, to settle it. Because, and and it's, as I say, it's always been controversial, um, but the the High Court found that it's inconsistent with the um, National Credit Act, that it doesn't allow for it. The, banking, the banks have always said they, they may do it, but um, now this is final. Um, hmm. So the question is, you know, what about... If, if um, the if someone's debt hasn't prescribed, and, yes, because this and was layered. His story was layered, but what if my debt hasn't because been it was prescribed? prescribed. Yeah. And I've had, I actually have had many cases that I've taken up where pres- there's been set off um, applied for a prescribed debt. In every case that I've taken up, um, they have returned the money immediately. So hmm. I think they know it, and they're just waiting to see if. There's wow. going to be any pushback, yeah. but with debt that isn't prescribed, the, the jury is out on whether um, this decision was retrospective or not. In other words, if set of was applied to your account in, in May or mm. April or whatever, and the debt was current, it, it hadn't prescribed, and they just felt that you weren't paying it quickly enough or whatever, okay. then um, I think it's going to be on a case by case basis. But um, you know, you're welcome to write to me about that. And funny enough, as a, as we're about to come on air, I quickly checked my email and someone has written to me about uh, exactly this. She says, uh, oh, um, I'm not going to name the bank because I'm still going to investigate. Yeah. And, uh, and I owe an overdraft She's, um, on the, for this bank. Well, overdraft account was overdue, basically. And my account was handed over to attorneys. An arrangement were made, and I've been paying well since then. But on the 31st, it seems to be end of the month when there's money in. Yeah. Money was deposited yeah. into my account, and the bank took all the money without my permission. So I've just... Um, 
sent an email saying, please give me all the details. I'm just, and we are talking about this at two o'clock at seven oh two. You want to tune in, but yes. I will be taking up because that's most definitely after the the the, the June twenty seven decision. But yes. um, it remains to be seen um, how the banks are going to deal with cases that were not prescribed, but that were before that high court mm, decision. Mm, mm. Are they going to pay the money back? Of course, if the debt is current, it's important to say this. You doesn't mean you don't owe the money anymore. It just meant they weren't entitled to take any amount they wanted right. in a lump sum yes. and then you'll Come then have to, an to make an arrangement that you can deal with yes. and then you then best you stick to that because but the lady that contacted you chances are she wasn't left with anything for her debit orders that's that's what was happening and that's what made this so uh, controversial that people would write to me and say I can't pay my school fees I can't pay food I can't sure. fill the car with petrol sure. they've left me with nothing and they were never supposed to do it like that if at all mm. so so yeah I, um, you know the high court decision is huge um, so let's take a look, a, a closer look at it. What what did it say? What was uh, the High Court decision? So the details it a, around it. It was a standard bank, bank matter, um, and the National Credit Regulator brought a, a, what they call a declaratory order against the bank, seeking legal clarity finally on whether or not setoff has been. Uh, superseded by a section of the National Credit Act. In other words, whether right. the Act makes it illegal. Uh-huh. So it was on June the twenty seventh that the the, the um, High Court in Gauteng ruled that um, that particular section of the Act um, does exclude the common law set off and all the credit agreements that are regulated by the National Credit Act. So in a se- in essence, that should put an end to this practice of money grabbing, which has been so controversial for so long. Mm, well, um, good on the National Credit uh, Regulator for, for taking this up. I don't know what took them so long, actually, because this, the, the National Credit Act's been with us for, for over, well over 10 years. But uh-huh. anyway, they've welcomed the judgment. They said it protects consumers from financial difficulties called, caused by the arbitrary transfer of funds from their accounts uh-huh. by the banks. And that she said, you know, the banks should obtain permission from consumers before doing these things. But of course, the banks didn't want to ask for permission because the money wouldn't be there anymore. Yes. So they were just, <laughs> it's a sneaky surprise thing. Um, any amount that they felt was appropriate, and that's never going to be okay. That's never going to tick the treating customer's fairly box. Even if they do own the money and they haven't been paying, mm-hmm. that's not. It's not allowed for them to just take it upon themselves to to grab the money. Okay. Yeah. Wow. What a fascinating one. And uh, we'll take your calls if you have been the subject of a money grab, um, and maybe you have questions about the money grab and this court decision uh, uh, that uh, Wendy's just been giving us details of. So it's zero. One one eight eight three zero seven zero two. There's a question here. It says, "What about the interest on the fifty one thousand rand?" Yes, <laughs> was that lost? Over? Did, did, it, he, did he get that at least? I I did ask about that. He got the, he got the exact amount that was taken. Um, how many months ago now? Um, eight months ago. Oh, um, but he said, "You know what? I don't feel like fighting anymore. Yes. It's just fine." But that's a very good question because um, technically. That debt was prescribed. They didn't have. It's not like he now has to pay it off. It is prescribed, so, mm-hmm. so he should have got interest on it. But we've discussed this um, in the show before as yes. to how they will charge us interest um, when we owe them money. But it doesn't seem to happen the other way around. Absolutely. Let's go on to the second case because we'll be taking calls on both these stories, um, and okay. we're joined by Vuyo Dweba. But uh, uh, what is for your story before we okay, take well, I'll, I'll, we hear I'll, from I'll, him? Yes, um, it's a, a, a female viewer in this case. Um, oh. She <laughs> she um, she actually wrote to us in late June. 
shortly after she was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer called gastrointestinal stomal tumor, GIST, mm. which mm. is hereditary and it's aggressive if it's not treated and um, because it has a high rate of reoccurring. So she had an eight-hour operation to remove the tumor yeah. and she's currently undergoing a three-year uh, intensive treatment mm. for this form of cancer. But her, her actual complaint concerned a personal loan that she uh, took out at uh, 65,000 rands worth with Dial Direct. And she uh, chose to pay an extra almost 300 rand a month uh, credit life insurance on that, lo- on that loan on top of her repayment. So mm-hmm. this insurance was with Direct Access Financial Services, which is part of First Rand, and it was administered by IUA. Okay, so it included dread disease cover. Um, so the policy states that the dread disease, which uh, and cancer was obviously in that list, must be diagnosed by a registered med- medical practitioner and must be supported by clinical, radiological, hist- histological, and lab evidence. Um, obviously, that's acceptable. You have to prove that you have right. one of these dread diseases. Right. At which time the the debt would be cancelled and whatever you'd pay would be refunded to you. But it took uh, Vuyo almost two years until earlier this year to actually oh. realize, because she was oh. diagnosed in 2017. It took her two years to realize that she actually had this policy, and we've had that discussion on this show yes. as uh, about how we have these policies and we don't know. Um, but when she realized, she thought, okay, you know, this is a, this is a no-brainer. Uh, oncologist letter, lab results, uh, reports, she sent them off. Mm-hmm, and thought mm-hmm. it was only a matter of time before um, she... Uh, the claim was settled, but that wasn't to be. And I think this is where we can ask for you to yes. um, to tell the story from there on. Absolutely. For your, thank you very much for, for joining us. I know you're not well, but uh, thank you that you've afforded us time to share your story for all of us to learn. How are you? Hi, Azania. Hi, Wendy. Um, I'm Hello. well, thank you. Good. Um, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm well. Look, it has been a journey, you can imagine, uh, at the age of 42, being diagnosed with uh, a very uh, aggressive type of cancer mm. and uh, with two children. Uh, at the time of the diagnosis, my uh, youngest daughter was just five months. Oh, but oh. Uh, like I'm saying, um, it has been a journey. Yes. And um, I'm coping well. I'm okay. Yes, that's good to hear. So it must have been quite disappointing then to know that um, uh, the provider in this case was not going to honour what was in this agreement that you'd signed up to? I, I think for me, um, when I received the, um, you know, the letter, what was surprising to me was what was written on the letter. Mm. So they actually said to me that um, it has been, so my claim has been rejected uh, on the basis that the medical report uh, that was provided um, claimed for a gist, which in this case is the gastrointestinal stomal tumor, and um, that is not classified mm. as a dread disease because it's not cancer. Sure. And, and then in the same letter, they then said the following dread disease covered are heart attack, strokes, cancer, and so on. Mm. So which then made me believe that the person who was actually assessing this claim 
probably did not even have a medical background. And you've gone to the lens, of course, of getting the letter from your oncologist and the multidisciplinary team, these registered medical practitioners who are helping you uh, to that a letter that states that this is your condition. So it is just baffling to think that someone could just outright reject that claim. Um, and I think there's a great lesson in this for you because it took you two years, in fact, to to realize that you had this policy. Exactly. And and not only that, Azania, they actually phoned my oncologist mm. and said to her that she was actually treating a benign tumor. Oh, oh, and oh. Yes. Well, no, no. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> they said she was treating a benign tumor because the report, they couldn't see the word malignant. Ah, oh, I see. I see. But the, so I saw the word malignant had, in the oncologist report, so I'm not quite sure how that happened. Mm. The word was, was there. there but it was there, but it just showed me that the person who was actually doing the assessment I think from my perspective, had no clue Yes, in yes. terms of interpreting that report. You're right. Um, and okay. Wendy will give us the results of this yes. particular case. But we have uh, all, our, of course, our listeners uh, tuned in. What is your advice? What is your message for your in light of what you've experienced when you've signed up to a policy? Um, and yes, you, re- you wake up late to the fact that you have this kind of cover. But what is the ultimate message and lesson for you? For me, uh, the lesson really is that, uh, firstly, uh, I think you need to do, so in this case, for for example, um, and I, maybe I'm fortunate because I am in the medical space because right. I work for uh, a pharmaceutical industry. Mm. So it is important to, um, you know, really know or learn much more uh, in terms of your disease. Mm. And then secondly, um, when you get this type of, in this case, the, the, the letter, rejection letter, I didn't take it lying low mm-hmm. because I, I knew that, uh, there was no way uh, they could actually, you know, um, send such an, and, and, and put it in that way and it was correct. I knew that from their side, they didn't know what they were talking of. Yes. So I decided then to use each avenue that I, you know, I had. So I started with the Hello Peter, uh, made noise there, and then I was also fortunate enough to also write to 702 mm. and so forth and so forth. So really my advice is that... Um, you shouldn't just accept. Yes. You should maybe just go the extra mile. Absolutely. Know your rights, know your condition, and know also what you're covered for. Vuyo, thank you so much, and really all of the best. We wish you well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's Vuyo Dweba. Uh, And we'll continue with uh, Wendy on the results of her uh, coming on board with Vuyo to uh, take this up, to challenge this decision to reject the claim. But... 702. Asanya Mosaka. Lines are always open. On 011 883 0702. It's 22 minutes to 3 o'clock in the final minutes uh, or so. And 20 minutes left with Wendy Nola. And you're welcome to give us a call. Share your stories as far as money grabs are concerned. But also uh, the, the fact that we forget, we tend to forget our policies and what we're covered for after hearing Fuyo's uh, story. So let's conclude what happened with Fuyo because I understand she went to the long-term insurance ombud as part yes. of an effort to uh, get this she- claim paid. 
yeah, so she was doing everything. Hello, Peter, the, the ombud, us. Um, so I immediately sent a query to IUA, which are the administrators um, of this uh, policy, and they got back to me to say that Voyo had lodged a complaint with the long-term insurance ombudsman, so they could not respond to me. And that's what happens, that two processes have to mm. be separate. So mm. I, whenever someone does that at the same time, I have to say, look, I'm so, unfortunately, I can't get involved until that ombud process is complete and can take several months. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I thought that was that. Um, I got back to Voyo and said, so sorry, I'm going to have to this one out, but I have very little doubt that you are that the decision will be um, in your favor. Mm-hmm. And um, having looked at all the reports and everything, but shortly afterwards, we got back to me to say that she'd been refunded all her loan payments about 80,000 Rand, yes, um, that she'd been paying uh, in those two years, and um, that was the end of that. Um, the rest of it written off and when I asked IUA to comment they said sorry they were only the administrator they redirected my question to the insurer yeah. One Life yeah. who got back to me shortly before we went, came on air Anton Keat the head of risk services for One Life said we at One Life always endeavour to treat our customers fairly and to ensure that all valid claims are paid we are ever in certain inst- instances on limited product lines reliant on the services of contracted service providers in the case of Ms. Duiba Dweber, upon initial assessment by our contractually approved service provider, mm-hmm. their opinion was that the claim was invalid due to the information contained in the pathology report. Um, it says nothing about the very clear and concise oncologist's um, letter. Right. That this was a malignant situation, yes. Upon review of the claim by our chief medical officer, the outsourced provider's initial decision was overturned and the claim paid to the client. Cases like this are unique in nature and are assessed on a case-by-case basis. One Life is committed to ensuring that our clients are treated fairly and fair practice is applied to such cases. Mm. A number of questions you can ask from there. and that is, Absolutely. I mean, she obviously um, objected immediately why the, that um, reassessment by a, a medical officer yeah. But yeah. within the insurer did not happen there. It seemed to have been contained within um, the, the consultant administrator. Whoever, yes. The administrators, yeah. And, and so I'm hoping that this case will um, see uh, that that procedure being adapted yeah. that we, you know, this was I mean, such a, a clear case. It's such a, it's, it's a, it's a dreaded time in anybody's it's life. Exactly. You have and a so, dreaded disease. Exactly. And so you, you take would the cover. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, she paid 300 rand extra a month for yeah. this, for this cover. Should, uh, with no expectation that anything was going to happen. She was young, 40 at the time. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah when you, when you when you do the right thing you, you you're buying what you think is peace of mind and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. when you are at your illest you get told sorry this isn't this is a benign tumor your you know your oncologist is clearly you know <laughs> mistaken <laughs> um yeah i think on the you know the 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 lab tested lots of parts of her body and on some of those parts it it did say clear because clearly mm-hmm. she was not she's not riddled with cancer it's a specific thing yes. so maybe they just saw not present or whatever the the medical term is and then thought oh okay there's no cancer yeah let's move on to the next case I don't know about, not good enough I don't know about you Wendy but can you make sense of your blood test results or a lab test that's uh, come back and you you know often yes well that's why they ECG. need to be assessed 
Exactly. Yes. Actually, yes. I said to, to Vuya, you know, where on this does it say? And she said, there. I said, oh, yes, I see it. But on the, the oncologist's letter, professor, some other, it was very, very clear that this was a case of, right. of, of cancer. So that was the baffling part for me. Not so much the, the lab results, as you say, are very technical, but the letter itself was very clear. And so I don't understand how that rejection could possibly have have happened. Right. So let's take calls. 011-883-0702-31702 for your SMSs. You heard Pascal Marquez's story from uh, from uh, Broncorsprit. He had a credit card debt back in the day, 1999 and uh, 2010, and it was not paid. And all these years later, on the 31st of December 2018, the bank withdrew money, 51,000 rand, from his investment account as a payment uh, for the outstanding credit card debt from all those years ago. But that debt had been prescribed. Um, and so this is, in effect, a money grab. Has a money grab happened to you or what is also called a set off? Has that happened to you? Give us a call on 011-883-0702 because the National Credit Regulator brought a declaratory order against Standard Bank and uh, the court found in the favor of the National Credit Regulator because they sought clarity, legal clarity, on whether or not set off was superseded um, uh, uh, or whether or not that uh, set-off or uh, a bank grab superseded a section of the National Credit Act. And then the second story, of course, has to do with Wendy Dweber. You heard her story just before um, EWN headlines at 2.30. And uh, she took out a personal loan, 65,000 Rand with Dow Direct. And you know that option. You often do get asked that uh, option or question of whether or not you, are you willing to pay extra um, in this case it is a credit life insurance always a type of insurance if you lose your job if you fall ill and so on mm. but are you willing to add on a type of uh, uh, insurance on a particular loan on top of your repayments in the event that something happens um, and in this case uh, this extra cover uh, covered dreaded diseases and she was uh, diagnosed with a very aggressive form of gastrointestinal uh, stomal tumor and in this case Dal director initially rejected her claim but they have since overturned that decision and so we need to keep track of what we are covered for um you know keep a record of sorts when you take out a policy um, update that file immediately before we forget about what it is that you're covered for, the, the policy numbers, you you name it. It's just a good practice. We need to stay on top of our administrative issues. So it's 011-883-0702. Natalie asks Wendy, she says, I'm a bit shocked that someone can get away with not paying a credit card debt that they ran up and then consider the bank to be the bad guy. Who do you think ends up paying that debt? You and okay. I will faithfully pay our interest and fees. Let me let, finish Natalie's uh, frustration when she <laughs> says, meanwhile, this person has 51,000 rand in another investment and walks away smiling. Sorry, that's just not right. Should we all not pay our debts and then wait three years so that the bank writes it off? Your views, Wendy. Okay, I always get this when prescribed debt is uh, the, is discussed. So it's the Prescription Act. Um, it's been around for a long time, and basically what it does is it it's it's fair to both uh, parties, in that um, the banks of the, the credit providers are supposed to collect their debt 
quickly. So if, they, if it's not, they're not able to get the payment out of you, they must uh, institute other action. Yes. So summons you, get a judgment or whatever. Mm. Um, to avoid a situation where you have a you have a whole industry um, around collecting old debts, so it's sold on, sold on, sold on. Um, the original, uh, um, the, the company's written it off, sold it on, the debt collecting companies, and there are many that specialize in this, then hound, add on a whole lot of fees and costs and whatever that you're not aware is building in the background. And your original debt, as in this case, um, Pascal said that the debt was nowhere near 51000 That's years, that's uh, 20 years of um, of added interest and costs and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So it's a it's an it's to avoid that situation where you suddenly get and it's happened to hundreds of thousands of people you get this demand for this amount that nobody can even substantiate um, and and the way the act worked was that they could there was nothing to stop them asking you to pay a prescribed debt if you knew about prescription prescription you could say hey this debt is prescribed it's been dormant for a lot more than three right. years there's been no judgment there's no been no nothing and um, I'm not going to pay it and then. That that was um, a valid defence, okay. and that should have been the end of it. But if you didn't and said, "Oh, okay, I'll pay," or "I will pay," then suddenly you had you were locked in, and you couldn't go back from that. There's been a legal change around that, which is controversial. Which said banks can no longer do that. If the debt's prescribed, they can't ask you to pay it. But it's still happening okay. in the industry. Who find some self-serving um, um, loophole that says they can still do it. But okay. but that's the that's the rationale behind it. It's to stop the abuse of these old debts mm. and sold on debts. So you think you're paying the bank or you, your retailer, but actually you're paying the debt collector. Uh, collector. Yes. Yeah, let's, and you're then let's, locked in forever. Right. Let's go to Lizo calling from uh, Brackban. Hi, Lizo. Hi. Hello. Uh, yes. Yes. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm fine. Um, I have a problem. I have almost a similar problem, but uh, with the with the Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what, so what, so for me, I, I had the contract that I've been like renewing it for maybe I think about ten years now. Yeah. And uh, and like uh, in, the contract elapsed after after the normal two years, like the last two years, mm-hmm. it was left on the contract elapsed, and then so I believe it was a month to month. They told me that yeah, it's a month to month contract now. Yeah. So so and and the amount of uh, because they're only putting a time, the amount of uh, subscription that I was paying it went down. And then one month, uh, and then they increased it. Uh, I don't. They didn't tell me why they, they were increasing it. So I just reversed the the amount. Episode. Yeah. Yes. And then and then I tried to call them. Like uh, I couldn't get hold of them. But I I don't know whether I knew I didn't take it too serious. And then the next month again, they they, they tried to take more money. Then I reversed it. And now, they, like now, I'm I'm in trouble now because I was running my my my. They are taking more money now. Like they're taking maybe a thousand rent, a one thousand five hundred on my account any time. I don't know when they're gonna take money. Oh, so they're sending multiple debit orders in the month. Yes. Okay. Of the okay. of the amounts that's outstanding. Is this yeah. a money grab, Wendy, or is it only when it's done by the bank? It's it's set off uh, when it's it's. it's, it's yeah. I, well, I tried to speak with the bank because the bank they, they told me that uh, when well, the bank was upset, they told me that there's nothing they can do because I had I have a yes with with LC. Okay, okay. So yeah, it's not it's set off. It's but it is a common um, issue. This so if mm. you say it lapsed, 
So, and went from a two-year contract to month to month. Yeah. So, no contract, none of these fixed-term contracts, whether it's with your gym or your cell phone company or if you're paying an alarm company to protect your house, they don't just um, expire on their own at the end of those two years. You actually have to um, cancel, give written cancellation. That's mm-hmm. normally a 30-day notice. Mm-hmm. So, even though you thought it was on a month to month, the reason it went down was because your handset that you got with that contract was paid off over a two-year period. So it should go down. In some cases, it doesn't. So that was a plus. But then it went up because all the cell phone contract uh, companies, networks, take it upon themselves to unilaterally increase subscriptions because they just because they can, whereas we can't choose to change the amount that we commit to for two years. But that's obviously what happens there. And then you – so you were still contracted to them – and then deciding not to pay and protest about the subscription going up, but but contractually you owe the money. Mm, so what the they're usage, doing now yeah. is just because you, they have a they have a debit order authority from you and you haven't been paying, so they mm. are now trying to keep actioning that debit order. So what I suggest before you this gets handed over yeah. and it becomes bigger and uglier is first of all. Um, issue your, find out what you owe and give notice of cancellation. It will only be effective once you yeah. settle what you owe and that'll be the end of that. But always get a paid up letter tell the, that, that states that you are, are paid up, that you owe no more mm. and that's the end of it. Um, in case some debt collector comes looking for you later and wanting you to pay. Sure, that's great amount. advice actually to get yeah. that letter. Next always we've got, get the letter. Next we've got Charles in Pretoria. Hello Charles. Hi Zania. Hi. Uh, my my question is, what happens when SARS decides that they you owe them money and then they go to the bank and they just haul out some huge amount of money out of your bank mm. account? Mm. Mm. That happened to you, Charles? Well, it happened to my wife and it was erroneous. And I mean, this is where SARS doesn't have their ducks in a row. And, um, you know, it's impossible to get their ducks in a row. So... Yeah, and it happened to me in my business account where, where they just pulled out something like 74,000 rand. Right. To be honest, I, I don't... before Christmas. Oh, no. When we were about to pay people. Mm. I yeah. wonder if they, they yeah. must have the authority to do that, Is it, but it... It's but at least make a payment arrangement. If you owe SARS, he has been notified about the amount that you owe uh, SARS and, of course, go into some kind of payment arrangement because not everyone, the money that you haven't paid them is not sitting in an account. You know, it's not, not sitting as a lump sum in an account. Um, so you're still trying to get this money back, Charles, or did you just kind of figure that this is what they feel we owe them? Did you take it to the tax ombud? What did you do? I to say there's the tax ombud. Look, just before Christmas, if you suddenly find that there's a chunk of money out of your account that leaves you nothing to pay wages and, and Christmas bonuses and that sort of thing, um, you can't start wasting time going to the ombud, which, you know, who takes months and months and months. Mm-hmm. Right, so you made another plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I think you should definitely follow that up now in order to get clarity on, yes. I mean, this might happen again, get clarity on what is allowed and what isn't. But I, I can't see any. Um, I can't see how that. Would, I mean, even even SARS has to act fairly. Yes. To do that at Christmas time to an employer, 
let alone his own Christmas plans. But to, uh, I just I, I can't see that ticking the the, the, the TCF, the treating customers feeling. Can we box. find out? Because in fact, I will find there's out. another fact, SMS here, and it says SARS is uh, busy taking money out of people's accounts without notification. Then it takes years to get it back. Are they allowed to do that under the NCA? Mwah. I um, actually have um, a show coming up. Um, I think it's in Cape Talk, but maybe we can do do it on seven hundred two as well. Uh, but um, where we have the the, the ombud in in studio and and we deal with all sorts of issues. So this will be the top of my list. Okay, fantastic. Then one says, "Here's a question: Does student debt prescribe because universities claim that they fall outside of the National Credit Act?" Yes. So that, that's a very good question. Thank you for that. Um, the biggest category of most debts prescribed within three years, your your normal sort of bank and retail account debt will uh, uh, prescribed after three years. But all state-related debt takes 30 years to prescribe and also home loans. So um, that's what that's their defense there. So they will keep uh, if you're at a, a state university, they will um, they won't take unless it's 30 years down the line, which is unlikely. They 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 are legally correct in saying no, the debt is not prescribed. Right. And yeah. uh, SMS says my husband passed away in 2017, and exactly a year after his death, they demanded the outstanding credit card balance of 34,000 rand, which was paid after my husband's death. Um, thank God I kept proof of payment and the estate lawyer dealt with the bank as I was so upset and still in mourning. Shocking. That comes from Rensha. Yes, and thank you, Rensha. Um, so sorry that happened to you, but thank you for illustrating how important it is to demand a letter from the company that you've paid um, a debt to um, that, in fact, the account is paid up and you owe nothing further. And And it's quite hard sometimes to get these letters from companies, which infuriates me. Mm. Always insist on, on getting the letter um, and a receipt and all the rest. And I have to say, um, I've got a case that I'm dealing with now, of, um, a, a woman whose husband recently passed away, mm. and um, she's having a battle with a cell phone company about his um, contract, which was fairly new when he when it was taken out. Um, so a lot of people assume that when people die, when the spouse yeah. dies, that that's the end of all their debt. And, yes. and actually it isn't. There. Unless you've taken out one of these credit life policies, mm-hmm. which is highly recommendable, um, the debt, then they will seek to claim the debt from from the estate. So here's so, a quick one. And it's one. always so hard. Sorry, if I can just say that. It's yeah. always so hard for people. And the people that work in those departments don't seem to have the the, the necessary empathy training, that they're dealing with mm-hmm. someone who's grieving. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, I'm going to work on a show about, about that. Yes. It's a big yes. issue for me. Yes. Um, and Greg, just a quick one because we are out of time. And it says, does yes. this apply to e-tolls older than three years? Again, state-related debt. debt. No, not tolls. E tolls. But a toll is a is a is a. Um, I suppose I'm, it's debatable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's debatable. I'll have to I'll have to check mm-hmm. on that. But okay. I'm guessing not. Okay. Because it's state-related. Yes, it would be state-related. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Same with TV license debt, unfortunately. Yes, that is they, true. They do the same thing, yes. All right. So. Wendy, I promise to be here next week, Thursday. Thank you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. We'll have work on another cracker with at least one, uh, one other win that we can Fantastic. talk about and we learn love from. the yes. good stories. That's Wendy Nola um, every Thursday with her at 2 o'clock.